Welcome to Leaders Who Celebrate. My name is Pamela Bacallion, marketing veteran turned mindfulness teacher. Thanks for joining Chloe, Jerry, Kavita, Martika, and I while we have candid conversations on leadership, mindfulness, and everything in between. Let's get started. This is episode number five, How to Lead from a Place of Love. Big topic. Huge topic. I wonder how you lead from a place of love. I don't. Yeah, I wonder. It's an idea I've only recently started exploring, probably since I met you, Pam, and uh, and one of my girlfriends. Also, I've been witnessing her act from a place of love, and it's remarkable to to watch and see what she's capable of handling when you when you do that. Without naming the person, do you mind sharing some details? Yeah, she um, has just been able to, with uh, like a a partner when there's difficult situations with her parents, um, she's able to treat them like their higher self, even when they are unable to reach that point. So she still maintains that respect. And she's when she explains it to me, she says it like, I know that they are capable of being so much more. And, and mm. when they're not um, operating at that level, I'm still going to treat them as if they are. And that is a hard thing to do. Um, and I respect her for it. And I've been trying to do the same as much as I can. Right How's now. that going? It's good. Okay. Um, it's really good. Uh, you can't always do it. I don't even remember to always do it. But when I do remember, and I'm far more mindful of it now than I've ever been before, it just brings a sense of peace to any situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can think about it and just, and I think it can mean something different for each person, but ultimately you're just treating someone like, I know that you don't mean what you're saying. I know that you're not coming from a bad place right now. Um, and, and that's it. And just like repeating that to yourself and and letting them kind of let out what they need to and not reacting badly, I guess. So <laughs> being yeah. less reactive would be like kind of a part of that. I think it's, a, I think that is a result of that. So by doing that, you are automatically less reactive because you're not actually responding to what's coming at you at that moment. I think that um, for me, leading from a place of love, uh, what I try to do is hold space as much as I can. Um, As cliche as it sounds, it's like treating someone as you would want to be treated. Mm-hmm. So for me, that includes I, what I've realized with people, friends, um, you know, the less judgmental you are, the more open you are, the more you sh- more scars you show and the more you say like, look, I'm not perfect either. Then people tend to reflect that and then they step into that space and then it's comfortable and there's an exchange that comes from a loving place. Whereas when you're not in that space of, allowing people to be who they are and accepting them fully for who and how they are, then that's when it gets a bit tricky, you know? So to me, that's kind of what leading from love is, you know, it's letting them be who they are and respecting them as such and allowing them and opening up also on your end so that they feel comfortable enough to open up back, you know? Yeah. Um, Pam, I'll let you take this after me, but one of the things that you said to me when I left your house one day, you were just like, like asking yourself, like, what would love do right now? Mm-hmm. And that's also helped me a lot. So it's just like, it, when I'm in a difficult situation or I want to scream or yell or be angry, um, 
that that's helped me. Again, I don't always remember. So one of the most important things is to like be able to remind yourself and then ask yourself uh, certain questions and then lead lead with that. So that's I, helped me. I tattooed it on my on my wrist. <laughs> what did you tattoo? It says love is louder. And it's just a reminder because once you lead from that place of love and that's the emotion that you're leading with, there's no more judgment. And when there's no more judgment, you've just diffused the entire situation. Because what creates chaos is the judgment. And in reality, we're not judging the other. We're just judging ourselves. Mm. And if you analyze any situation in which, you know, something is uncomfortable, yes, maybe the person is making you feel uncomfortable. But if you take the time to actually look at it from a different angle then you realize that you're actually uncomfortable with how it's making you feel because it's hitting really close to something you either have to work on that you haven't dealt with or something that reminds you of something that you have experienced previously that wasn't very comfortable. Mm-hmm. And when you're able to do that, you realize the person, it's not about them. And it's just so much easier to clear the air. I... um the whole time I'm listening to you guys speak and I and a lot of things are going through my mind. For example, um, does it mean you don't get mad? You don't no. tell people what... Because sometimes, you know, some people need to hear it. They need to know, you know, if they fucked up, you need to tell them. Um, but I always believe that there's a way to, sh- to talk to someone and you have to take the time to know who you're talking to, mm-hmm. you know, and being able to, I'm not going to talk to you the same way I talk to Chloe in the sense that if I'm trying to get a point across, Definitely. some people are very reactive, some people are very sensitive, so you just have to tweak things, but not being a pushover either, you know, and just... Isn't that leading from a place of love, though? I you know, I guess it is. For because me, I guess putting... it's just saying, you know, because I, I guess all my life I always wanted to... Um, be perfect in the sense that um, let people live and just, you know, be understanding, especially with men. That's another conversation. (laughs) But it was always, um, and at one point, one of my good friends, he told me, you know, it's not about being kind, it's about being real. Mm. And then I said, you know, it's like, nobody cares if you're nice, just be real, Mm. you know? And I was like, wow. And then it changed my life. Mm. And I'm like, you know what? That part of that realness is sometimes I'm not in the mood. Sometimes you piss me off. Sometimes I can't talk to you right now, you know, but then allowing yourself to feel that way and giving yourself permission to go through the motion. And I always put myself in the space in at someone else's shoes also where they're coming from sometimes when they tell me something. So I guess it's a way it is a way of leading. That awareness from a place is not just leading love, others yeah. from a place of love, but leading your own life from a place of love. Because once you're doing that, you're respecting your boundaries. Here we're going on to another topic, which is when you lead from a place of love, you know you're aware of your boundaries. And Mm. when you get to your own limits, like I have a dual personality. I can can be super bubbly, extroverted, la-la. But at moments, I need to be a hermit. I will disappear. All of you know this. Like I will disappear, literally. And I need that time for myself, hence the slowing down. But um, without the two, it doesn't work. And that's that's another way of, of, of leading from... So there's leading your own life from a place of love, but also the way you deal with people or other situations. It's not just on the outside, but it mm. also mostly starts with the inside. Got you. I think um, there's something to be said. You know, people have this misconception that 
leading from a place of love means that like you're always good or you're always kind or you're always like the positive spectrum of emotions you know like you're just like this person that like nothing phases them and like you're just always like living in this love bubble where like nothing bothers you and whatever <laughs> like and i think exactly and i think that's 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 incorrect you know it's not a right definition of leading from love like jerry was saying i think mm -hmm. it's like being true to yourself and allowing yourself as you know to be who you are and to react how you would react and allowing other people to experience you in all of your phases of the moon you know what i mean when you're good as well as when you're more like you know like you said when you're angry or when you put them back in their place or whatever it is but i find it extremely challenging i think it's a constant effort to lead from love it's yeah. not something that just comes naturally um we all have egos i have an ego i know that sometimes it's really difficult for me to say sorry first sometimes it's difficult for me to see things from someone else's perspective when i'm angry or when i'm in the heat of my emotions but i know when things cool down then i can kind of get back into it and say, okay, I didn't see that. I missed that side. I didn't see that that person may have felt that way. I didn't see how I spoke to them. I didn't see, you know, because we get caught up in our own thing, right? But um, I think, like like you said, Jerry, it's just really like being true to yourself and allowing yourself to be human and, you know, sometimes, <coughs> you know, react and be reactive. That's part of who you are. And, you know, it's it's okay. And this ties into slowing down, right? What you just said. So, maybe also leading from a place of love is um, taking the time, right? So not reacting so quickly, allowing yourself the time to give the person the respect they deserve by not screaming, by giving them the time to be heard. And sometimes that That's takes so hard. slowing down. <laughs> That's so hard. I find sometimes when I'm disrespected, and Pam, you know this, you remember the dentist? <laughs> Like, when I'm disrespected, it is so hard for me to cool down and not want to teach a lesson back. I have mm -hmm. a serious issue with that. Like, I'm still working on it. It's a work in progress. But when I feel disrespected or when I feel like someone's done something to me that I don't deserve, I have a very hard time not wanting to, like, teach a lesson or, you know, <coughs> put them in their place or do something to prove to them that they don't run me or they cannot disrespect me or mm -hmm. you know that ties in with like my issues with authority what did but the dentist do <laughs> <laughs> like it's a dentist like where's the I, what so in a nutshell quick quick i'm not naming the I, dentist just an aka yes, okay no dentist dr smiles um i went i had made a dentist appointment and the secretary um i forgot my appointment and i was like oh i can be there in 10 minutes and i was being super sweet and like mm -hmm. super accommodating and apologetic and i'm like i'm so sorry i missed my appointment i, I can be there as soon as possible and she was just so rude and so condescending and then i was like okay well can you give me another appointment and she was like yeah it goes into three months and i was like no it goes into like next week you know she was just purposely like mm -hmm. being rude so pam called like i hung up with her and then pam like called me in the midst and she's like what are you doing i'm like i'm on my way to the dentist she's like do you have an appointment i'm like no i'm going to talk to the secretary in her face <laughs> and she's like what are you gonna tell her i'm like i'm gonna tell her i was like so mad i didn't even know what i was gonna say i was just so mad i was mm -hmm. like i'm gonna tell her i'm gonna prove to her that i could have been there in 10 minutes and then i'm gonna tell her that like she's rude and i'm gonna tell her off and then pam was just like chloe chloe calm down is is it worth is it worth it? Like, you know, why are you really mad? Put it in one word. That's like Pam's favorite thing to tell me. Mm -hmm. Put it in one word. And I'm like, mm, not in the mood to do this right now. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to like tear her head off. Yeah. It's a good example though. I did go um, out of the way. 
You did? I did. Okay. You went? Yeah. So you got your appointment a week later? Sorry. <laughs> but, no, but you did handle yourself yeah. better than you would have wanted to. That's true. You, you and she was a, a different back. Chloe that showed up at yeah. the dentist's yeah, office. Yeah, after we talked. And I, do, do you remember that I, I asked you what it was what it was triggering? Something mm-hmm. from, from your childhood or from your past. And we talked about it. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, this is triggering stuff that some people have made me feel like in the past. And I don't like it. And I'm yeah. like, well, thank you, nurse. Yeah. But once That's you've 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 <clears throat> found what the, the trigger is, what do you do? Like if you because know, I mean I, if easier. I break it down, if mm-hmm. you know you go into the dentist, but then it's like remember when you were a kid, this happened in your childhood. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> exactly. I still need to go see the, well, the receptionist and say what the fuck, like, <laughs> you know. So, but then I, yeah, yeah. What 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 do you do once so, you? So generally speaking, what I would recommend is once you've had the time to cool down is really to process that emotion and the more you process it Mm -hmm. because it will show up until it's it's like um do you know like sandpaper if you give it one rub it's not gonna flatten out the surface that you're trying to Mm -hmm. to to flatten out but the more you rub on it the more flat it's gonna get so every time you get triggered by that same thing and you see it happen again you just have to release it so acknowledge it and forgive yourself for getting Mm -hmm. triggered and just Mm -hmm. release the emotion but the awareness and the forgiveness of yourself because you're never really pissed at the other you're always mm. pissed at yourself so just release and release and release when you're ready sometimes it takes with that sometimes it takes a week sometimes it takes six months to release a certain mm-hmm. emotion it depends on the size it is it depends how fresh it is um but yeah it, it that is part of leading from love in your own life is 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 this type of emotion something that you want to hold on to like a giant big bag of rocks on your back is that mm. your higher self is that the way also the other thing we didn't talk about is is what it does to your nervous system like those flares of of mm. and peaks of anger mm. they're not good for your body no, they, they can linger really for for three or four days in your nervous system mm-hmm. so is that something you want to put your body through yeah, people sure. are assholes it's freaking hard, man. Not everybody. Listen, not. I try. Like, I try really hard. Mm. And, like, sometimes the person is just not evolved enough to be on the same level as what you're speaking. And, like, I guess that's the whole lesson in itself is that when it's around people that are on your level, it's super easy, you know, and, like, it just flows. And then when you have these people that are, like, lower than, or whatever, I don't want to, like, bring anyone down, but, like, are not emotionally intelligent enough or haven't gotten to that stage yeah. yet, mm-hmm. it's so hard to like be the bigger person and be like you know what i'm gonna let you be ignorant in your ignorance and i'm gonna just be the bigger person and and not react and whatever you know but that goes back to what my girlfriend was talking about is to believe that everyone has the capacity to reach that level and people reach it at different times the way you would talk to a child sometimes right like they haven't gone through the experiences that you would normally go to to re- to become an adult. And so we're all like experiencing things. Some people go through something in their 20s that someone else deals with in their 40s. And and it's just believing that we can all get there. It's just some mm-hmm. people haven't yet. And since you have, it's, I guess, your job to be the bigger person if you want it to be, if you, if you want to do that. And going back to what you were saying before, Pam, like there's that quote about... Um, like you drinking poison and expecting someone else to to die or something. That's like what you were just mm-hmm. st- sounded like what you were referencing, like to hold on to all this anger, like who is it really serving? And mm-hmm. in most cases, the person that is not yet on the same level as you or not thinking that way, um, they're not being affected by it at all because they don't know any better at that point. <laughs> they're ignorant to it. Mm-hmm. 
and you're the one suffering <laughs> and you're choosing yeah. to, you're, you're making that conscious choice. I love, love, love the word that you use. So I attended this this meditation retreat with an organization called One World. They're like a wisdom school out of Chennai, India. And we had three days. And at the end of the three days, stubborn as I am, I'm still at the very beginning of my journey. And the whole, the whole seminar was about suffering, is do you want to suffer? Do you? And we went through series of exercises and I had some pretty empowering shit which I'll not share on this episode maybe we'll do one wacky one unlike things that are more you know out there um but at the end of it still I had in my head to be confrontational and the monk was sitting down and asked if we had some final questions and I said well all this is great all this is fantastic but what about the mom you know who has a three-year-old who's just been diagnosed with cancer And it took him forever to answer because that's what he does. So he takes like five minutes to go ponder, breathe, reflect, whatever it is that they do. And then he looks at me with a lot of, of, of poise. Ananda Giri, amazing person. He goes like this. is like, you are asking the wrong question. And another like five minutes go through and you wait. And, <laughs> and you're like, you know, silence in the room, you know. And he's like, the question is, do you want to suffer? And I'm like, I don't. He's like, so don't. That was like one of the biggest un unblocking mind fucks for me. And then I'm like, what about the other question? He's like, that's another complete topic. But I'm going to ask you a question in return. He say, would that child benefit from a parent that is in suffering with the needs that that child has or from a parent who is in a state to facilitate recovery for that child. Mm. And then he went on to talk about the difference between pain and suffering. Pain is something you're going to feel like when something pinches you or you put your hand on the stove and, ow, it hurts. Like, mm. But the suffering is truly a choice. And we don't realize it. Well, I and I always, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but I always feel that it's, it becomes a comfort zone for a lot of people. You tell someone, do you want to suffer? They say no. But all your actions, all your words, all your thoughts, they're gearing towards you suffering. My question is why? I was wondering this we're morning. We're still, we're, I'm still trying to... I'll explain. Because I, oh, I you went through what? it last okay. year when we, went, when we did... I was invited to do a talk at Born to Rise. And <laughs> I think not you, Kavita, but... Chloe and Martika, like I was going through pre preparation when I said you were there, you heard it, Jerry, but like the preparation was crazy for me. I went back through the entire roller coaster of my, my journey. And when I got on stage and I had this duality of 10 minutes, five minutes where I was actually in a victim state mm -hmm. where I was telling my story from a victim position. And then another five minutes where I was empowering and that feeling I got in the room when I was talking to people was so different. And that's when it struck me. That whole exercise wasn't about getting on stage and talking about it, whatever, 200, whatever it was, people. But the realization of what you're asking right now mm -hmm. is that when you're in a victim position or when you choose voluntarily to put yourself in a place where you're suffering, you're actually connecting with yourself. As crazy as that may seem. Like mm -hmm. when, because... There's, you know, the human, human people have various needs, but at the end of the day, one of the capstone is connection. So when you're 
when you're suffering, you're mm-hmm. connecting to your core. So as opposed to connecting to someone else, you're connecting. And because that is like a vital need for us, we will go there as a bypass or something that we're used to it until we choose to connect to things that mm. actually empower us versus things that entrap us. And that was a huge moment for me. At that moment, I was on the verge of launching the website. Everything was, and everything had to be put on pause because I realized that even though I was a life coach, a certified life coach, that I had done all this work, I was still speaking from a victim stand position. Mm-hmm. Okay. By choice. And choosing to suffer still. And I still catch myself in different areas of my life mm-hmm. where I do that. And it's, it's about deprogramming that automatic response to suffering because it is not serving us because you're not serving other people and it's quite selfish actually because you're just focusing on you because if you if you take that duality yeah, of the speech true. you're who, who you're feeding you think people are going to be empowered by by a stop story i'm not putting into you know like if we talk about the me too movement i mean it's important to share your story as long as you don't use it as a crutch for the rest of your life and and use it to connect or to bring yourself significance also Mm-hmm. A lot of people use it as a bypass for significance and to feel recognized. There's so many better ways to feel recognized. Creating something, you know, grouping people together, mm-hmm. contributing. There's so many other ways. But yeah. it's, it comes back to leading from that place of love. Mm-hmm. It always comes back to that. Gotcha. So, yeah. So do you want to suffer or you don't want to suffer? That's the big question, really. I read something once um, that was really interesting to me. It was this thing that said something about um, how people are so used to their suffering and and their victim story mm-hmm. that taking that away takes away a sense of their self and they don't know who they are without Definitely. their victim story. I believe that too. And so when you take away that victim story, it's like, oh my God, now you have all this power to be anything in the world. And that can be very... Um, overwhelming and I can attest to that because my 27th year I went through like a little shift where I realized that like I could be anything and everything and it was really overwhelming for me you know I was so used Mm -hmm. to latching on to like who I had already become and who I had molded myself into Mm -hmm. with you know victim or not or with trauma or not but then when you realize that like it's the power is within you and you can change it's really overwhelming and it takes a a lot of reflection and not everybody is ready to let go of that, you know, that suit that you have on that says I'm a victim and take it off and then say, I'm no longer a victim and this is who I want to be in the world. Um, So yeah, it can be challenging, but it's interesting to think that like people are so stuck to their um, traumas and their issues that they don't know who they are without them. It defines everything. It excuses everything. If I'm an ass, if I'm rude, it have no emotions because, you know, when I was five, I get it, but we all have a story. And if we all do that, what was going to, what's going to happen? Like we're talking about leading from a place of love. It's just understanding that you're not your story and nobody else around you has to suffer because you suffered. You know, at one point you have to understand that, you can let go of your story and write a new one, you know, and it doesn't define you. If someone told you you're not worth anything, those are their words. Her, the words will hurt, yes, but you could switch it up, turn the page and write something new and decide, you know, this is who I am, you know? So, but people, hold on, when you tell them that, that they're not their story, they're like, what do you mean? Yes, I am. That's why I'm like this. 
No, it's not. You can so actually excuse. change it, you know? Can you change, like, part of your story if you're not ready to, like, let go of the Absolutely. whole Absolutely. <laughs> part of it, the beginning, but not the end. You're true. in charge it's, of the yeah. rules. Right. That's another thing. You write the rules. Yeah, so I don't think it means that you have to necessarily, like, you know, become superwoman, even though that but sounds But sometimes you don't awesome. have a choice. Sometimes it just, mm. you, life circumstances, for example, me, like, you, you go off the cliff. You don't have the choice. Mm-hmm. It's either death or you have to, to rewrite the book completely. But I don't think it's a question of becoming something different or new. I think it's just a question of acknowledging and the way I had written it in my blog post, which if ever you have a chance to check out, you'll check it out, um, was like realizing that your canvas, you have like this canvas, right? And like throughout the years, like other people have splotched paint on it and like gotten it dirty or put colors on it that you didn't necessarily want. Mm -hmm. And it's not a question of you know, um, starting a whole new masterpiece. It's just a question of realizing that it's your canvas. It's your blank canvas and you can put whatever you want on it. Mm -hmm. And so it might be dirty in some corners or there might be a little color, but at the end of the day, you're the one who's in charge of painting. So it's just acknowledging that it's yours to live. It's, it's really powerful if you think about it and, and overwhelming because then it's like, once you realize that there is no limit and the possibilities are endless, it can be extremely exciting some days and other days it can be like, holy shit, what do I do with all this power? I don't even know where to start. I don't even mm-hmm. know who I want to be in the world. Mm-hmm. Once you realize like, I don't have to be the victim who got raped or I don't have to be the child who was molested or I don't have to be this sad person or I don't have to be you know, all these horrible things. Then you're like, wow, I can be anything and it can be empowering some days and other days it can be overwhelming and you just don't even know where to start so you know that's you know I, I, I like the analogy of the painting because these colors actually the ones that were put on that you didn't really um now some people would say you allowed it but that's another conversation um mm-hmm. but um you could work with what is there and then keep on painting but you know adding different things you know because i don't well, i don't want, want i don't want people to completely forget erase it never happened that's not what i'm saying you know it did happen but then like you when you look at it like okay i i see what it is but now can i add my two cents of who Mm -hmm. i am and then adding my own story and adding more to because you can't erase you know whatever happened to us um it happened but now who are you going to be in in this whole process that's the decision you have to you have to make yeah I'd love to hear what your thoughts oh. are on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's like many that, you know, have been already shared, but for me, leading in from a place of love and we've already talked about it, but it's essentially taking radical responsibility mm. for what's showing up. Um, mm. And it's always a work in progress. Chloe, you've said it. It's, it's never like becomes a habit, but it's always, yeah, the work in progress of it. And you just mentioned too, Pamela, that it's sometimes you have a, a particular moment in your life you were saying that when you were at uh, the Born to Rise speaking there, that was your moment of grace. One of them. To shift. Yeah. Yeah, we have many moments of grace, but I think Some that Some bigger everyone, than others. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that everyone at this table has had a moment of grace that has turned them towards a path of leading from love and, and stepping away from the victim story. In a mm. nutshell. Absolutely. And Shifting so from the place of a victim, yeah. And I even started thinking that even in my conversation and my thoughts, I decided to say, to use this, to use the sentence "I want" instead of "I need," mm-hmm. um, and it really shifted a lot in my life. You know, I need this. I need as if it, 
there was a void or there's something missing saying I want a healthy relationship. Like I need, you know what I mean? Cause we're whole, right? So it's just wanting more things for me. It gave me more power and it was more clear to me what I wanted instead of being in a space of like a victim. Like I need something to be able to move forward, you know? So that also helped. Abraham Hicks would challenge you and say, you don't want, you are in a perfect relationship. You are already there. It's already there. Mm -hmm. You just have to welcome it in. Hard to grasp but these Abraham's concepts. Not here, it is, but you know, I, I swear to God, once you put them into practice, we can talk in, about theory. It's hard to say that it's already there. No, in theory, like you know, I I have trouble, like, and I'm just being honest. I mm -hmm. have trouble because, like, it sounds good. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I find that, like, yeah, it makes sense, of course, but it's so like difficult for me, anyways, to to think that way and and like to to say like, oh, you're already there and all, and, like, but you're not, you know, like, so like, is that honest? Is it true? Like, I don't know. I have to like, I have the, like to say <clears throat> the relationship is already there. Like, but where is he? Like, I don't. I don't see him. Mm, I was kind of like to go back to what we were saying the other day about like I'm ready for it. Why isn't it showing up? You know, and mm. it's just like I don't know. I have trouble sometimes. If we were to put it in a context which is not a relationship and is not about receiving something that you already have, we can talk about forgiveness and putting forgiveness out there and seeing how quickly it can manifest into someone forgiving or apologizing. I think you've experienced something like that where you didn't believe it happened so fast that way. Do you remember? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not the best memory, but it was no. so freeing and pretty, pretty, pretty like, pretty big on the spectrum of, just, of wow, the power of, of things, how quickly, how quickly things so, can... It's so magical that you almost don't believe it. Exactly. That's how I feel. It's mm. like, it's it's almost, it's so, tr like, it, it's so intense that sometimes you think like, no, this can't be real life. Like, it's a coincidence or something just like, you know, just so happened or it's like, you know, but I, I agree with you. I'm, because I'm not we're arguing. brought up to believe that we need to grind and push and things have to be difficult. We're coming back to the easy from another episode, but... Um, <laughs> We we are taught that, you know, we need to work hard and put the whatever number of hours in there to make things happen. And it's not so much that. It's more the intentionality and the flow of things. Yes, you will mm -hmm. have to put the work, obviously, but it's how you put it. And yes, it's how you how. go about it. It's I always wanna, the how yes. and the why, mostly. I want to go why you're to, doing it and how you're what you doing said, it. Jerry, about saying that like you know some people we will even tell you it's your fault that like you you live certain things or some people even tell you that it, like you allowed it you know mm -hmm. and I believe that in a sense but also I find it really difficult because sometimes you just don't know how powerful you are and you just need to be put in the right situation or around the right people to feel and see your power mm -hmm. and like you know I have like this image of like a donkey like tied up with a tie like on a on a fork and like he's always used to being tied up so he knows he can't move mm -hmm. and then like he still has his harness on but he's not tied up anymore but he thinks he's tied up because that's what he's used to you mm -hmm. know yeah and it's like is it the donkey's fault no it's because that's what he's used to but if you show him that he's free and that he's actually not tied to the fork then he'd probably go running mm -hmm. but whose fault is it is it the donkey or is it just because that's what he was taught or that's where he is you know that's mm -hmm. all he knows I yeah. think the donkey so was tough. just doing the best he can in a given situation. Yeah, Ahmad. <laughs> For the ones who don't speak Arabic, it means, it means donkey. <laughs> oh, that's what you tell people sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> that's what you call people? <laughs> in Armenian, it's eshek. <laughs> when you're in traffic, you know, yeah, <laughs> Got it.
Any other words on the topic? Leading from a place of love. Mm. I think you guys really hit the the nail and like, honestly, it's just a question of realizing that it's always a work in progress. It's, yeah, it's never like a, a done deal. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, it's just kind of always remembering, acknowledging, choosing, choosing to lead from love rather than from fear. It's a choice, you know? Like choosing to not suffer. Like choosing not to yell at the secretary at the dentist. <laughs> or at my kids this morning. Or choosing exactly. to it's love the ones that hurt you. And you let them go, but you still wish them well. You still mm-hmm. love them. It has nothing to do with them being able to say, okay, I you're not in my them. life. And, oh, my God. oh, yeah, yeah. You know, this makes me uh, cringe, Pam. I'm like, oh, thank I can't you. do this. It's so I hard. Know. Like, thank you, because I Because we, we always thank people oh. for the good things. But how yeah. about the people that screwed you over so badly? That that made you stress. Like the artists when they want to thank the haters when they win. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to thank. I love that. <laughs> For not thank my hating me. I I don't um I don't know. Thank you. Next. <laughs> I, I guess it's because what yeah when when you're in this space sometimes it's a little tougher. But at one point you get to that point. And I truly Absolutely. and I truly believe you get to that point. Absolutely. And sometimes even my family members sometimes are like, I can't believe you're still talking to this person the way they treated you and whatever. But I said, listen, I went through what I went through. I learned. I grew. And I I could still talk to them. They're human beings. You know, I'm not going to entertain the same kind of relationship mm-hmm. I had with them. But I can wish you well. I I can. Ask God to bless you and all that good stuff. And the next relationship may take care of her because it has nothing to do with me, right? But I had to get to that place, you know. And my sister thinks I smoke. But whenever I talk to her about that, she says, yeah, you sound like you smoke because who talks like that? But I got to that point, I guess, yeah. I think How do you once, feel when you're in that state, though, when you're able to get that distance? Isn't it like just the most I'm in- so empowered. I know. I wish everybody could feel that way. Sometimes when I talk to my friend, I say, you know, you're going to get to that point. And she's like, no, I don't know when, understand what you mean. But being able to let go and, and let God and say, you know what, it's fine. Just and, and actually not just get out of my life, but actually still caring for you, still loving you, and still want you to be happy, you know, even though... My life was miserable when we were, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I, I feel very empowered. And like Chloe was saying, um, the more I do it, the more um, I attract people that think Good like thing. that or act like this mm-hmm. so that we're not in that space. We don't have these kind of conversations. We don't spend hours talking bad about someone mm-hmm. because, oh, they did this. And they was like, what? You did what? And no, we don't have these conversations. And some people are not comfortable with my way of being. And if you're not, it's fine. But this is who I am, you know? But I got to that point. And mm-hmm. I know it's going to get even better because I know there's some broken relationships that need to be fixed in my life. We all have broken relationships. But... Um, yeah, I feel empowered. I really do. It's like cleaning, you know, mm. like a spring cleaning. You go through the inventory of your things and you go, okay, this is clean. This, this mm-hmm. maybe not right now. It's it's really... A little dirty, but it'll get clean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I believe that. Well, this was super enlightening. Did you want to say something? Please? I was just going to say um, more to Jerry from what we were saying earlier. Mm. And Chloe, you touched on this was like, I think acting or leading from a place of love it doesn't mean like you're being complacent or it's like, it's not placid. Like love in itself is so intense or it can be like, there's so many variations of like what love is. So I don't think it means like that, like hippie, like everything is love and you're not, it doesn't mean that you're always just like go with the flow. Like you can be mm-hmm. intense about it. Um, and still, I think lead from that place. Yes. Yes. You're right. 
Um, anything to say? No? We're good? Well, this was an amazing episode again. Um, yeah, leading from a place of love. <laughs>